we're back with a new episode of Weird as Fuck. Per the huge, I'm your host, Ash. And, I mean, I feel like I've said this before, but I've been tired as fuck this week. Um, I went to bed at 8.30 one night. Girl, 8.30. Me. So I figured this was a great time to talk about sleeping sickness. Another weird medical mystery. Who doesn't like those? Where? It happened worldwide. When? Between 1916 and 1926. The chart toppers? Well, for 1915, it was a song called Hello Frisco, which, you know, was not written by someone from the Bay Area. Encephalitis lethargica was first described and written about in 1917 by neurologist Constantine von Economo. Did not practice these names. And pathologist Jean-René Crochet. They had been examining patients in their respective parts of Europe who presented unusual neurological symptoms. People had been admitted with varying diagnoses like meningitis, multiple sclerosis, and delirium, but like none of them matched up with typical diagnostic schemes. It was like a period episode of House. While encephalitis lethargica, aka EL, aka sleeping sickness, but not African sleeping sickness, which is a different thing, um, was officially recognized as its own thing in 1917, there were historical epidemics that resembled sleeping sickness from like the 1500s and onward, one of them called the English sweats, um, which is like wild to me. In 1921, while sleeping sickness was still rampant, it was proposed that the epidemic actually started in early 1519s Romania, and the movement of troops across Europe during World War I probably helped spread encephalitis lethargica until it reached across the continent and became Mr. Worldwide. For real, though, it was like all over Europe, in the U.S., in Canada, Central America, it was like in India. It peaked in the 1920s, and subsequent acute cases became less common. While there's no official numbers, encephalitis lethargica is suspected of affecting around 5 million people. The Spanish flu pandemic kind of overshadowed what was happening, though, with sleeping sickness, and some doctors tried to link the two. Okay, so I've talked about the history of sleeping sickness, but what is it? It's fucking weird, dude. Like, it basically mannequin challenges you. Like, you can't move or talk. People would become stuck in the positions that they were in. Um, You'd start off with shit like a high fever and sore throat, headache, double vision, delayed physical and mental responses, and like catatonic states. Severe cases had patients in like straight up comas and EL killed about a third of the people it infected. They would be conscious and aware yet not fully awake. They would sit motionless and speechless all day in their chairs, lacking total energy, impetus, initiative, motive, appetite affect, or desire. They registered what went on about them without active attention and with profound indifference. They neither conveyed nor felt the feeling of life. They were as insubstantial as ghosts and as passive as zombies. That's from British neurologist Oliver Sacks' book Awakenings, which I hella want to read. It came out in 1973 and recounts the life histories of EL victims and Sacks' own efforts in the late 1960s to treat these patients at Beth Abraham Hospital in the Bronx. It was adapted into the 1990 movie Awakenings with Robert De Niro and Robin Williams. So some of the symptoms of EL like fell in common with Parkinson's. Um, Parkinson's causes nerve tissue to break down, causing tremors, stiffness, and limited mobility. It usually develops in older people, but it's been known to hit anyone. Actor Michael J. Fox, who most of us know from Back to the Future and the original Teen Wolf movie, was diagnosed with Parkinson's when he was 29. 
But yeah, not everyone who had EL and then got hit with those symptoms were old. Tons of them ended up in these catatonic states and later described it as a resistance that stopped them from moving the way they wanted, which, fuck that. That sounds fucking terrifying. I was reading that patients in these catatonic states would occasionally respond to stimulus, like catching a ball you threw at them. Although, like, also, how much does it fucking suck to be aware that you're in this catatonic state and you can't really do much and you have this asshole doctor just, like, chucking balls at you? Autopsies showed that sleeping sickness inflamed the part of the brain that's involved in keeping us conscious and motivated. Pedo doctors couldn't find an effective treatment, so people were left in hospitals or mental wards in these catatonic states. Then Oliver Sacks came along and decided to try this new-for-the-time drug, L-DOPA, um, and it woke these hoes right up. The deteriorating neurons they found during the autopsies were responsible for transmitting dopamine, which is a neurotransmitter involved in reward and motivation. L-DOPA stimulates the dopamine receptors and was found to help people with Parkinson's in 1967, so Sachs was like, why not with sleeping sickness? And it worked. Sort of. Almost all the patients woke up and recovered their health, but had extreme mood swings and hallucinations, and after a while, L-DOPA just lost its effectiveness, and people went back to being catatonic within weeks or even, like, fucking days of waking up. And that's its own horror movie. Like, you get to wake up and see that 40 years have gone by, and you go out to try to, like, experience the world and the future, but oh no, now you're screaming at a random passerby because you think everything is melting, and now you're stuck on this park bench forever, and pigeons are pooping on you, and you can't move. Fuck. One patient identified as Rose R. was able to recount historical events and their dates when she woke up, but said it didn't feel real. And that's, you know, like a whole extra layer of terror. Shit, maybe that's the Matrix. Very few people were able to continue treatment beyond a few months, and they went right back to being the way they were before, or they got worse. Fuck, all of this just, like, sounds really horrible and traumatic. Um, some patients were grateful for the time that they got to have, while others ended up feeling resentful and angry, understandably, because they felt like they were being robbed again of, like, their chance at life. No one really expected the drug to backfire uh, the way that it did, and it's speculated that one of the reasons why is because EL patients had been suffering for, like, actual decades, so their neurons had degraded way more than people with Parkinson's patients who usually get, like, diagnosed later in life. There's a lot we still don't know. Like, we can't pinpoint how EL happens or exactly where it came from um, and really how to treat it effectively. Or even if it's possible to, like, create a vaccination against it. Because what's fucking weird is that after the epidemic, there hasn't been too many cases. Like, it's literally been a handful. No one knows why it went away, which means it's entirely possible for this epidemic to happen again. And, like, you know, thank God I've been playing Pandemic Legacy, right? Now I can be prepared. But fuck, for real. Okay, so this reminds me of a horror short that I read from a mangaka I really like, Junji Ito. It's called Nagai Yume, or Long Dream. I highly, highly recommend it so you can check it out and scream into the abyss with me because it's horrifying. Anyway, that's the show for this week. If you like Weird AF, subscribe and leave a review. You can follow Weird as Fuck on Instagram and Twitter at Weird AF Podcast, and you can always email me at askweirdaf at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch y'all next week. Bye.